Thank you, Lord. I don't know if I need to preach. It seems like we already had a good message, so. <laughs> I think somebody's been checking in a little bit here on the notes. But let's, let's go through some scriptures here. I want us to, we're going to start where we were last week. We were in Abraham in Romans chapter 4, so I want us to go there. I'm going to read this whole passage that we read last week. And last week we were talking about Abraham and walking in the promises of God and that Abraham became who he, God said he was and how he did that by believing in the Lord and trusting against all hope. That's a very quick summary. Uh, so it says this in, in Romans 4 and 16. Holy Spirit, open the word to us. It says, therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it be, may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have faith, the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead. There you go. <laughs> The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. That's pretty, pretty relevant too. See, I told you that the sermon has already been preached, okay? So we're just going to say, hey, this is in the Bible. How about that? Against all hope, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. And so we're going to start here. And we're going to talk about a little bit about winning the battle in your head. Because that's where a lot of the battle is. I know I'm preaching what's already been said. Just, <laughs> I already know that. <laughs> Just in case you need to hear it again. Apparently, we needed to hear it several times. You know, it says Abraham that he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but he was strengthened in faith and he gave glory to God. Now here's the deal. Romans 4 is like the 
I don't want to say it like this, but Romans 4 is the highlight of Abraham right here. This is like the, this is like when Abraham was an all-star. But if you remember reading in Genesis, if you read the account of Abraham in Genesis 12 and on, we know that he wasn't an all-star all the time. We know that, that he had to, he had to battle. He had to, he had to fight for what he believed in. I mean, there was all kinds of things coming at him all the time to say, no, it's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. I mean, if you're here last week, we even came and he came to God and said, hey, I know you've said this, but it looks like it's not going to happen, God. I know you've said this, but it looks like nothing's happening, God. I don't see it. I'm not feeling it. I'm getting old. I mean, it's not even physically possible for us to have kids. I know you said you would do it, but maybe you're going to do it another way. Maybe, maybe you... Maybe you meant this, God. You didn't mean this. And God says, no, I meant that. No, I meant what I said. And there's a battle to believe. And that battle goes on in in our thoughts. And one of the ways that Abraham overcame it says that he gave glory to God. He he worshipped the Lord. You know, there's, there's something about worshiping the Lord that can begin to free you from the thoughts that are trying to take control of your life. And it's great on Sunday morning, but, but you might want to try it on Tuesday. <laughs> it, it works on other days, okay? <laughs> you, don't, you don't even need a worship team. You don't need the worship team. You don't need somebody else. You got, you got you and Jesus. If you want music, man, we have access to how many worship songs can I play on my phone or my computer or my Apple TV or my this or that or the old school radio, whatever. Uh, we have access to get worship music if, we, if you need music. If you don't want music, that's fine too. Worship God. Give glory to Him. Just speak it. Just declare it. Just say, I don't even think this in my head, but I'm going to say it with my mouth. Abraham, it says, gave glory to God. You know, God's doing all kinds of miracles. Uh, I had heard about uh, this testimony that Rick and Bonnie had shared with us. And uh, I appreciate Sharon. Sharon. <laughs> Sharon sharing the testimony. Uh, and as I was listening to a, a soaking music, I, I listened to some soaking music on YouTube by a gentleman named William Augusto. Uh, he's from Brazil, and uh, I mean he's not a famous guy. I guess he's kind of getting famous. Uh, you know, when you're when you're soaking, when your three-hour soaking session has three million views, I guess a few people know about him. But here's the deal: he has a testimony, and so I happened to click. It said, "Hey, read my testimony or view my testimony here." So I said, I clicked on that. Who is this dude? You know, I normally appreciate just putting on just kind of like the instrumental soaking music and praying or reading my Bible. And so who is, who's William Augusto? And so he comes on the screen and he's, he's from Brazil. So he's speaking Portuguese. And there's thankfully they had English on the bottom for me. And so he's given their their testimony, how they were at uh, in Reading at the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. And they were pairing off with people. And they said, okay, we're going to pray. We're going to, you're going to pair off with one other person that you don't know, that you don't know. (laughs) And 
you're going to ask God to give you the name of a relative in their family that you have a word for or you need to pray for. And so it's, he, says, he says this, whoa, that's kind of intimidating. So he pairs up with this one guy he doesn't know, and this guy says, oh man, I was praying, and I got this name. And he says, does this name mean anything to you? And he says, oh yes, that, that person is in my family. In fact, that person's in a coma right now. They're in a vegetative state, uh, and they, they're not expected to recover. And so, he said, so they say, okay, let's, let's pray. I, I feel like God has showed me how to pray. He doesn't, didn't tell me how he prayed because it's not really about how you pray. You know that, right? It's just, it's like when God tells you rebuke the spirit of death, you rebuke the spirit of death. You know, we can all go to the hospital today and if we want to just use the formula that says, oh, I just have to do exactly what they did. So I'm going to go, what did she say that she said? No, it's about what the Spirit of God is doing. It's like, hey, what is God telling you to pray? And so anyway, so he prayed what God was telling him to pray. And so they left, and, and then this gentleman named William said, I prayed for him too. He didn't say that he gave the relative, so he <laughs> let me just pray for you. You know, that's how you get out of you know, your assignment from the, from the pastor or whatever. Uh, you, let's just pray. <laughs> just so you know, you can use that one. Uh, so... Later on, so he goes back to visit his family in, in Brazil, and he, he sees, uh, and the, the person who was named was his aunt. So he calls up his uncle and says, hey, uncle, whoever, and starts chatting with the uncle and says, hey, how's it going? And hey, how's, how's my aunt doing? I just, I just was wanting to know how she's doing. He's like, oh, well, let me, let me have you talk to her. <laughs> Here she is. So hands the phone to his aunt, and so he's talking to his aunt, and she was totally healed, just delivered from a place of death. And, you know, it just, I'm just letting you know, I'm telling you that testimony, I just happened to click on YouTube, that, that God is at work, that, that he's doing all kinds of stuff, and we have, we have so much coming at us that's, that's telling us otherwise. We have so many things that are telling us it's, all of it's bad. It's all bad. Everything's bad. We, some of us are in bad situations. Some of us are in challenging places right now. And the message we're getting just from circumstances is just saying, is saying, don't believe in God. Don't trust in Him. He's not going to come through this time. There's an exception. It's not going to happen. You're, you're going to be just like this person in your family. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever it may be that, that comes at you, there's going to be a, a battle that's going to have to happen. And it happens mostly in your mind. Just like Narda was saying, you get something that happens. If it's, if it's physical for you, then it, it would be physical. If that's not your deal, you're like, that stuff doesn't affect me at all. You know, because... You know, I'm still young and don't have all those aches and pains, right? <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Um, you know, but what, whatever it may be in your case, you have a choice to say, what am I going to believe? What am I going to believe? It says in Romans 12 and verse two, 1 and 2. So familiar. These are very familiar scriptures. But we need to have these scriptures. If, if I just lived Romans 12, 1 and 2, I'd be a pretty victorious Christian. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. 
That's pretty good right there. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Where's the other microphone? Let's just move on here. Do not conform... Oh, that sounds better. To the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, just renewing your mind can make a huge change in your life. How do? You, but how do you renew your mind? How, how do you do it? Well, one way you do it is you have to get the Word of God in in you. You have to, and here's the deal. It works a whole lot better when you're not just checking off a box. And I'm a check-off-the-box guy. Look, I like checking boxes. Uh, don't I, honey? I mean, there, there are, you know, if my wife comes and asks me to do something, and I'm in the middle of it, like, I almost believe that I may not make it through if I have to leave that thing and go do something else. Okay? Some of you are like, that's that's deranged, man. Some of you are thinking that is bizarre. The other ones of you are going, that's Jesus right there. <laughs> oh man, I, brother, you're preaching the truth right now. Okay, so just personality, just total personality. I can see it in my children. Which ones one has it and which ones don't? Okay, same thing. Hey, come on, we're gonna come to dinner. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, come eat. I know, but I'm not done. Okay, so. Check, but when you read the Word of God, when you get in the Scriptures, read it however it begins to change you. Read it the way it's gonna it's gonna affect your life. If you read it, if you read it and you're like that was that was it, then go what what am I missing here? Read through it slowly. Don't try to, you know. If God's not calling you to read through the whole Bible, maybe God says, hey, this year you're going to read through the book of Romans very slowly. And you're just going to soak it in verse by verse. It doesn't matter. There's no formula. There's no right or wrong way. But I get the word of God in me, and it changes the way I think. I have to renew my mind. I have to not conform to the pattern of this world. I have to make a conscious decision to say I'm not going to think like everybody else. I'm not going to do that. You have to make that decision. You have to consciously say, no, I'm not going to partner with a lie. I'm not going to partner with the enemy. I'm not going to go down that, that pathway of thinking. Um, I'm not going to go there. You know, Ephesians 5 uh, says this, that we are washed in the washing of the water of the Word. You know, that the Word of God cleanses us. One way we are renewed in our minds is just to get truth in us. Get truth in your mind. Speak truth out loud. Let somebody else speak truth to you. I mean, that's the, that's the key way to renew your mind is you do it on your own. Uh, you do it uh, with somebody else. You do it with the body. You know, that's what we're doing right now is we're speaking truth to one another. We are renewing our minds right now. Whenever truth is spoken and you receive it, you are renewing your mind. 
You are saying, I am choosing to believe something different. I am believing, and that's what Abraham did. Abraham had to believe that what God said was true and that what his mind said was not true. He calls those things that are not as though they were. Sometimes, though, we have a visitor. Anybody get visitors in their head? Okay, it's, we're not we're not talking about getting weirdo here. We're just talking about reality. I'm not talking literal visitors. Well, kind of, but you know, they come knock on the door. I'm not going to knock on my wife's head. Okay, I'd thought about it though. <laughs> but you know, there's there's. Let's just use this. It's a lot harder. So. Guess who comes knocking sometimes? Your past comes knocking. Your past comes knocking at the door. Says, hey, can I come in? Can I come in? That's the right answer. (laughs) You're not being rude. (laughs) You're being right. You're being Holy, you're being whatever is good in that moment. You know, I, I just, I had this, I had this time come up just this week as I was, I was preparing for this message and I, it was out of nowhere and I, I just had, I had a little bit of my past come just like kind of knocking at my door. And it came through reading, um, it's a, it's a magazine from the Bible college I went to. Uh, it's now called, well, it's now called Life Pacific University. It was called Life Bible College back then. It's, it's grown in, into a full-fledged university. So, and I'm reading this thing, and it was kind of like this alumni edition and going back. And like I was, for just like, for a little bit, I just got taken back to a different time in my life. And it was a time in my life where I wasn't really like a leader. I wasn't, I wasn't who God was calling me to be. I was, I was being swayed by other things. I was just the, I was just the quiet kid in the corner who was all alone. That's kind of, that's kind of who I was. Even if I was with people, that's, that's kind of what, you know, where I was, I was stuck at. And so as I'm reading all this stuff, it just really, I don't know, it was just, just like this bizarre thing. So you, you don't ever know how, how your past comes knocking and it's a, you know, and there's all, there's emotion attached to it. I was like, this is really strange. You know, I was like, oh, this is so unexpected. You know, I was just happened to find this, hey, this is on my desk. I had never read this. And it's like, and I'm like, whoa. And so, the past comes knocking, and the enemy wants to keep you in bondage to your past. Here's the deal. You can't have the past stop knocking on the door. But you can stop answering the door. You can stop letting the enemy in. You can say, I'm not gonna go there. Use a little, use your little spiritual people. <laughs> check outside, go, who is that? And say, oh, it's my past. It's wanting in. Now here's the deal. The enemy always wants to bring our past up to put us in fear and bondage so that he can change our future. He already knows 
He's lost the battle of your past at Calvary. When, the, when Jesus died on the cross, that he defeated sin, death, and Satan. And so he, he knows he's already lost that, that battle. Uh, he's already lost, if you're a believer in Jesus, he's already lost the battle for your soul. And so the only, the only thing he has left is to try to affect your future on earth. Okay, he can't affect your future in heaven. He can't affect your ultimate destiny. He can't affect that you're whether you're a child of God or not. He can't affect any of those things. He's not going to, you know, drag you to hell or anything like that. He he has no hold on you. Uh, all authority has been given to Jesus. But what he does want to do is put you in fear and bondage so that you walk in a future that is crippled by by those things. He can't get in your heart, but he can get try to get in your head. And so that's where that's where the battle happens is thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. So I want us to go to one more scripture. This is very simple and this is familiar. But again, if you use it, if you live this scripture along with Romans 12, you'll be, you'll be victorious in a lot of ways. If I lived this scripture more, I'd be a lot more victorious as well. 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And verse, starting in verse 3. I like the sound of hearing those Bibles move. It's a good sound. Second Corinthians 10 and verse 3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, we have divine power to demolish strongholds. We, excuse me, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so here, right here, this scripture tells us what to do when the past comes knocking, when I'm having a battle with my thoughts, is I need to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. So that's, that is a, a great uh, thermometer, a great gauge to use. Is this thought making Jesus Lord? Okay? If you have a thought in your head where Jesus is not ruling and reigning as the Savior and the King, then it needs to be what? Taken captive. Okay? It needs to be bound up and removed, and put outside. Slam the door. Thanks for coming by. See you later. Don't come back. Because we have been given power to wage war, not as the world. Our weapons are not like the world. In other words, it's not about just being a strong person. You know, in the world, it's, you know, if you want to, if you want to win something, it's like you got the bully mentality where you're just, you just dominate and you come in, you can be a forceful personality and, and try to get things to happen the way you want it. Hey, that's, that's not the way we wage, we wage war. It's not about, uh, me just getting loud. You, if you get, if you like to get loud, then get loud, okay? 
If you're a quiet person and you want to be quiet and address these things, you don't have to get excited to do this. If you want to get excited, I think it's fine. If you, I like to get a little bit excited. <laughs> okay? I'm quiet in a lot of areas except either singing and worshiping God or preaching and and sometimes in, if I'm praying for you, you might get scared. So uh I might get scared. So you know sometimes you just gotta you gotta say no sometimes you gotta say no. I'm I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna think that. This this is not gonna be a part of my life I'm not going to do it. I'm going to take authority and say, it says we take captive every thought. In the name of Jesus, you thought you are bowing to the authority of Jesus. You're going to be obedient to Jesus. My mind is, is un, is, has been delivered unto Him. My life has been delivered unto Him. My future is in His hands. My present in His hands. My past has been dealt with. I am submitted to Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of my life. He is anything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God is gonna, is gonna be moved out of the way. Every argument, every, every thought, every pretension, it says, every, any, any, any hint of anything. Doesn't matter if, if I'm talking to somebody and what they're saying is not about, you know, is not leading me to submit myself to Jesus as Lord. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's me or John or anybody. It doesn't matter if it's somebody who knows. They, they might be off track a little bit too. You take that thought and say, no, that's, that's not, that's not from you, Lord. Because thoughts, the only way that you get a stronghold in your life is repetitive behavior and repetitive thinking. Well, all a stronghold is, is is just a bunch of little lies built up in your life. And so those lies are built up until they, they there's like a spiritual wall. And then when there's a spiritual wall, what do you need? You need somebody to demolish a wall. Jesus likes tearing down walls. He does. It's in the Bible. He just likes it. He likes, he likes, uh, removing walls to get his love to people and they put that in songs and stuff. But he, he likes doing that. He, he likes tearing down walls. But here's the deal. God will, Jesus is not going to come and tear down any wall that you're not ready to deal with. If you're not ready to tear down the wall, he's not going to tear it down because if you're, if it's going to get built again, he, he's just not going to do that. He doesn't want walls built on walls built on walls. When it's time to deal with a wall, when you're say, when you're saying I'm ready for this wall to be gone in my life, then you can invite Jesus to come and break through and use his authority. His authority. He does give us his authority, but we and we need to use it. Sometimes you need a brother or sister to come along and, and agree with you. Sometimes you need them to pray with you because you're struggling to, to believe on your own. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. We need each other. And so if you need to bring someone in, if you need to bring someone beside you to say, I I just I just keep thinking this way, I just keep believing this. And so, okay, we're gonna pray. We're gonna pray. Sometimes we don't need something new, we just need something true. Like there's, we don't need a new technique sometimes. That's just, hey, let's pray. 
That's pretty good technique. It's been working for a lot of years, right, Ronnie? Been working before we were born. Uh, it's been, it's, it's the same. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has been, he has been breaking down walls and, and delivering people for a long time. And you're going to be no exception. And so you need to use the Word of God and you need to use the, the, the Holy Spirit who has been deposited in you as a child of God to take captive every thought. It's by His power that we demolish those things that would become strongholds in our life that can be torn down so that we can know Him better. Because really, the better we get to know the Lord, then it's, it's like, it's, it's like a, a snowball effect. When you get to know Him better, you get stronger, and then you start thinking differently, and then you grow, and then you're changed, and then, you know, things don't affect you as much, and then you get to know God better, because the wall's not there, and you're not believing lies, and you have truth in your life, you know the truth, and the truth begins to set you even more free, and there's a snowball effect. The snowball gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, until finally, there is nothing that can, you know, Stand in that area against the knowledge of God and you know Him better than you did before and you're victorious. That's how victory works in the kingdom. A lot of times it's progressive. What did Jesus say the kingdom of God is like? You just put a little bit, a little bit of yeast in the dough and then it gets mixed in. And then it affects everything. So those of you that were prayed for today, something already happened in you, but if you get a visitor, an unwelcome visitor, you can go ahead and tell them to get off your porch. You don't have to let them in. You don't have to, it's not just a Sunday, it's not just a Sunday freedom thing. You can say, no, I'm not going back that way again. Let's stand and pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your message to us today. Thank you, Father God, for ministering your love to us so that we know that we can trust you. Thank you, Jesus, that you paid it all so that we could be free, so that we could live in your victory. You have won Every victory, God, you've broken every chain. You're the, you're the Savior. All authority in heaven on earth is yours. And so we choose to honor you and give you glory. And we thank you for releasing that victory into lives today, into our lives, into our thought lives. Lord, when we find ourselves in a battle that we'll, we'll go to worship, we'll go to the Word, we'll go to prayer and allow the freedom of your presence, the freedom of your truth, God, the freedom of uh, the power of the word of God to, to wash us and to free us and to cleanse us and to propel us and to transform us, that we would truly be transformed. Thank you, Lord, for letting us think and see life differently because of what you're doing in our lives. God, and we just choose to believe. We just choose to believe uh, no matter if it looks like something's happened or not, God, we're going to choose to continually put our faith and our hope in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.